We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome back to the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman recording from the wonderful town of sabisky wisconsin appreciate you joining me you can always follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl Great show lined up for you today. I want to talk about this upcoming season and how maybe Green Bay can even go more sort of quote unquote all in than they did a season ago. You know, I've been a a real staunch defender uh, of the Packers and what they did last season when, when people say specifically, well, Green Bay didn't go all in. They absolutely did. Again, it may not have seemed uh, like it because like a lot of the free agent signings and a lot of the like those sort of moves were done in prior seasons. However, they they were literally capped out from a salary cap standpoint. They didn't really have any levers left to pull, as uh, Ken Ingles likes to say, um, when it came to creating more salary cap space. And they carried over, you know, about three million ish from last year into this year. That that's literally all the the space that they had left. And they would have had to have keep you know kept you know at least a mill or two. Uh, you know, just to stay safe, right? So from a a pure salary cap standpoint, there was no more juice left to squeeze out of the orange. It was done. It was capped out, no pun intended. They did everything that they could from a salary cap standpoint to build that team a season to go and compete for a championship. So I've been, like I said, a very staunch defender of Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball against the people that have said, oh, they didn't go all in. They absolutely went all in. However, I do think going into this season, as we seemingly are inching closer and closer to an Aaron Rodgers return and another all-in season, I actually think there are some ways that Brian Gutekunst can go more all-in than he did even a season ago. Some of it's based on what salary cap space is available and things like that, even though there's not much right there, but like what things they can restructure and so on and so forth. Uh, But I have some sort of outside-the-box ideas that I want to potentially, or that I want to absolutely present, that could potentially be at least like 
and I want to start off by saying this. There are some ideas that I'm going to give today that I wouldn't do or not like recommend doing, right? But I think they at least have to be thrown out there as potential like thought experiments if you're sitting at 1265 uh, as, as potential things that they could do to potentially build this roster. And the, the big thing that I want to say here and the thing that I really want to point out more than anything is you are now assuming Aaron Rodgers comes back as soon as that announcement's made, you are now looking at basically a 2022 or bust, maybe a 2022, 2023 or bust, but you can forget about 2024, 2025, probably 2026. You're reaching a point as soon as Rodgers announces his return and you give him a big deal and so on and so forth and reload this roster again this year, you know that at minimum in two seasons, you're going to have a really big reset period. And it's going to be probably pretty ugly for the foreseeable future. And when I say foreseeable future, like 20, 24, 25, 26, there's probably going to be like a, a three or four year period, maybe a lot longer if, you know, once Aaron Rodgers is gone, right? Because if you don't figure out that quarterback position, who knows how long it takes for Green Bay to get back to a level where they could potentially compete for a championship again. But you know, based on some of the salary cap stuff that's going to happen down the road, you're going to have to pay up. You're going to have to pay up at some point. Brian Gutekunst mentions as much in his, his press conference. So that's going to happen. So forever, we operate, we saw Green Bay operate with this idea that we're going to win. We're going to try to win now, but we're all, we're also going to keep open options to be super competitive in the next year and the next year and the next year. That is all out the window right now for, I think, arguably the very first time since, you know, I don't know, not less, maybe two and a half, three decades. Green Bay has nothing to worry about. Oh, they have everything to worry about, but they don't have to be concerned about 2023, 2024, 2025. Every ounce of effort and energy and resource that they have to build this team this year right now, assuming they go all in, and again, assuming Aaron Rodgers is back, should be used to make this team the best it can possibly be in 2022. Because again, this we talked last year about the last dance, and I promise you that no matter what happens, if Green Bay you know, does this again this year and they lose and Aaron Rodgers comes back again next year, we'll be having a lot of these same conversations of all, uh, you know, it's going to be another all-in season. I do think they can open up one more window maybe next year, but you, A, you don't count on that because again, you don't know when Aaron Rodgers might retire or whatever, right? Like those things get very complicated. And again, your your salary cap is going to ex get exponentially worse year after year after year from here on out because of the salary cap moves that you've made over the course of the last couple seasons and that you're going to have to continue to make to make things work this season. So those seasons should not even be of concern. If you're Brian Gutekunst, who in the heck cares if you have a, a draft pick in 2023? 20, like We'll get to all of that in just a moment, but Every ounce of resource that Green Bay has should be focused right now on 2022 as soon as they get that confirmation that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. So we know that there that money is an issue, right? There's there's not a lot that Green Bay can do financially to add players. If there's a perfect player out in free agency that they want to sign, it's going to be very difficult for them to be competitive in the market to go out and sign that player. You're not you're not going to see a Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner, Jimmy Graham. You're, like, you're not going to see those type of signings. This is going to be, you know, a uh, 
another offseason where they, they operated very similarly to the last year, right? Maybe a, a Dennis Kelly, maybe a Corey Bohorquez in a trade, you know, maybe a another Devondre Campbell on like a $2 million deal, right? There's going to be some things that they have the ability to do from that standpoint, but they're going to have to, they're going to, they're going to have to depend on their scouts and find guys really that pass through free agency unnoticed and kind of get lucky in a way that they can find a Razul Douglas or a Devondre Campbell again. So one of the options that I'm going to not say today is, well, just go out and spend more money because every ounce of money that they have to spend, I can guarantee you, is basically going to be used on keeping as many guys as they possibly can in-house, very similarly to what they did last season. So let's go through some potentially creative options on how Green Bay could try to improve this roster this upcoming season. Again, some of these are a little bit off the wall. Some of these I don't necessarily recommend, but we'll go through them. They'll be fun thought experiments. And uh, again, you can tell me if some of these are dumb, some of them are smart, whatever. I'll be looking forward to your comments below. But let's start with number one. And this is a very difficult one. And again, not necessarily one that I'm you know waving the flag for and advocating, but trading Devontae Adams. All right, this is these are all assuming Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And these are all assuming that... Green Bay's going all in, all in, all in on this upcoming season. So you might say, Andy, if if Rodgers is coming back and this is an all-in season and you want all of your players back, why would you possibly trade Devontae Adams? And it's a fair question. However, and I need to point out here that this is assuming that Rodgers is okay coming back without Devontae Adams, which very well may not be the case. Number two is that they have the salary cap wherewithal to get enough under the salary cap and then tag Devontae Adams, sign him to some tradable deal, and then trade him while still keeping him on the roster until they're able to trade him, which becomes very, very complicated. So there are definitely some issues in the way here. A, being that Devontae Adams is really freaking good. B, being that Rodgers may basically demand that Adams is on the team and see from a salary cap standpoint and a franchise tag and trade standpoint, these things are complicated. And oh, by the way, technically a franchise and trade sort of deal isn't supposed to work in the NFL, although I think Green Bay can easily get around that. So why would Green Bay potentially want to do this? And I think the clear and obvious answer is A, they would save a ton of money by doing so. And you would arguably be able to fill out the roster much better by trading Devontae Adams, even if Aaron Rodgers is back. And B is, you know, compensation, right? That they would be able to also add, you know, arguably a first round pick, I would think at least, you know, Stefan Diggs went for like a first and a third. Adams has a more exorbitant contract and is older. Uh, So maybe they get a little bit less, but I would think that a first round pick would be legitimate for Devontae Adams. So that's not nothing, right? I think we're at a day and age now where you can expect first round picks to come in and help you uh, in some way, shape, or form, especially if you hit on the right guy. Listen, Tampa Bay is not uh, winning a Super Bowl two years ago had it not been for Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. playing as well as they did uh, in that Super Bowl season. So I think you, again, we've reached a point where you're not at a, even look at Eric Stokes a season ago, you can draft guys in the first round and expect them to have a major impact. So if you all of a sudden have, let's just say, I'd say Devontae Adams, even if he signs a $30 million deal, which is pushed out to the, you know, you know, five years, whatever you want to do, like let's just assume that he's gonna still cost about what 12 to 15 million on the Packers salary cap for this upcoming season. The the trade-off you have to ask is 
is there a possible way that you could use that 12 to 15 million and a first round pick that you would get in return? I'm thinking maybe Cleveland at pick 13, Baltimore at pick 14, the Eagles at pick 15, 16, or 19. Like any of those teams in that range could potentially make sense. And again, maybe you could even get more back in return. If that's the case, if you could get that, are you able to go out and spend 15 million? Maybe that means keeping Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas and others and getting in a first round pick. There's a legitimate argument to be made that maybe you could actually build another team. And I, I posed this question on Twitter, um, I think it was last week or maybe a couple weeks ago. You know, would you rather have, I think I said Campbell, Douglas, and MVS or Devontae Adams? And I think, if I remember correctly, I think most people actually said Campbell, Douglas, and MVS. And I didn't even put in there a first round pick. So if all of a sudden the conversation is, hey, if, if we don't get Devontae Adams back, we could actually keep Devondre Campbell, Razul Douglas, MVS, and get a first round pick in return. Okay. Like that's an interesting conversation, right? And now Devontae is a special player. And like I said, he's quite arguably my favorite Packer of all time. Love the dude. Love him like on the field. Love his interviews. Like just love everything about him. He's literally one of the greatest of all time. And it's so fun to watch him play. So like I said, I'm not necessarily a, a super huge advocate for doing this, but we've also seen Green Bay have success and Aaron Rodgers have success when he's not quite locked on Devontae Adams and he's spreading the ball around and running the offense the way that it's supposed to be run. So I think you can make an argument that Green Bay can have plenty of success on offense without Devontae Adams and meanwhile, keep a team that has more depth and more spread out talent than maybe with just bringing a Devontae Adams back. So Again, these are tough decisions and tough conversations. And again, it may all be a moot point with Devontae Adams because, again, if uh, you know if, if Aaron Rodgers wants him back and that's it and he's not playing if Adams isn't back, well, then that decision's already made, right? But if he's open to it, and again, maybe if he, you know, Green Bay is allowed to keep maybe more of these players that he likes having around, around you know, maybe that's a, a conversation that you have to have. And maybe that's a deal that you need to at least consider. A lot of complications with that one, as I mentioned earlier, what compensation are you getting back? The franchise and trade, the salary cap situation, like all of it gets complicated. But I think it's one that again, Green Bay could at least consider if they wanted to go that route. Number two is going to be by far and away my most controversial one on the list. And again, not one that I would necessarily advocate for, but one that I think is also at least worth discussing. And that is, and brace yourself here for a second, trading Jair Alexander. Okay, that seems insane. That seems crazy. However, I want to go back to last season. Green Bay's defense looked pretty darn good at times, and especially even in the play. Like Jair Alexander played six snaps in that playoff performance against the 49ers, right? basically a non-factor. In fact, he missed the tackle at the end when they needed him to. It doesn't matter. We're moving on. But they had great signs throughout the course of the season of how that defense could play even without Jair Alexander. And all of it, like the, the reason to me you would do this deal is if all of a sudden Jair's contract becomes a major issue and they can't figure out a way to get a long-term deal done and he wants too much money and those sort of things. If that becomes an issue and Green Bay is not willing to do that, rather than paying them, you know, this year, uh, you know, thirteen million, which might be really tough to, you know, sort of pull off, and potentially lose him next year, have to use a franchise tag when money is even a bigger issue. Like I think you would actually have to have the conversation about potentially trading him. Now, the other reason here 
is that I think Jair pulls in two first round picks. And again, I want to be very clear here. And remember what I just sent a, said a minute ago, right? Who cares about future talent? You're not playing, and if, if, again, Rodgers is coming back for 2023, 2024, 2025, right? You're playing for 2022. And guess who really helps you in 2022? Jair Alexander. So there's no question about that. However, let's say that the cost is two first-round picks, and let's say Philly comes calling. They're going to give you picks 15 and 16 in the draft for Jair Alexander. Okay. And let's say, for sake of argument here, th- those two picks combined cost about $6 million. Let's say you can get Brazil Douglas back on his first year of his deal for around $3 million. Okay, now you're at $9 million and you have another $4 million to spend. All right, like maybe that's the, the, the cost of Devondre Campbell's first year on a longer term deal. So assuming you could, you're, you're like not able to work out a longer term deal with them, would you rather have picked 15, 16, Razul Douglas and Devondre Campbell or Jair Alexander? Again, just focusing on this season, you can make an argument that those four players would have more of an overall impact on this team than maybe just Jair would. Now, I think Jair is incredible. I think he's amazing. I think he's arguably the best corner in football. And moving on from him probably doesn't make a ton of sense when you're in an all-in season. And again, like I said earlier, future years don't matter. And first round picks, like how much value are those actually going to have on this upcoming season? All of those are valid arguments. And again, I think something would have have to like sort of precipitate this in the fact that like you can't get a deal done with him. Because if you get a long-term deal done and all of a sudden he's only costing, you know, five or six million on this, and then those, you know, that money opens up, then I would still rather go that route than potentially getting two first round picks back in exchange for Jair Alexander. But if again, you want to make the most well-rounded team possible and you felt really good about how Stokes and Douglas played last year. Okay. And maybe you can get another corner with one of those first round picks. It's at least an interesting conversation on like team building, right? And the, the biggest point that I want to go through here is that everything is a, is a trade. Like literally everything is a trade. If you do this, then you could do this. So like if, if you trade Jay Alexander like what could you get with the money that you're saving and what would you get with those draft picks? Like all of these things would have to be taken sort of in a vacuum and say, all right, what makes our team better in 2022? Again, is it two first round picks and about an additional 7 million to work with from a salary cap standpoint? Or is it just Jair Alexander? And if the answer is clear that it's Jair Alexander, which it very well may be and maybe very well should be, then you stay in that direction. But if you're, if it's not, if you're like, Hey, we we really like Razul and Stokes on the on the outside. Like those are our two guys. Those are the guys we want. And if that's the case, and they feel really great about it, and they can get all of this in exchange, okay. Then I think you at least have the conversation. And again, maybe you get pick 15, 16, and maybe you get a, a you know young corner or something, or maybe two firsts in a corner. Like who knows what you could get in exchange for a player of that caliber at his age? Do I recommend it? Again, no. But I, it's at least a conversation that I would sort of toss around a little bit, even if everyone in the building says you're an idiot, why would you trade Jair Alexander? Which very well could be the case. But again, these are all things that I'm working through in my mind to see, all right, how could we possibly make this team even like, even if it's incrementally better, just on the margins, is there anything that you can do to, to do that? And if that's one of the things you could do, all right, I'm at least listening. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Number three is trade Jordan Love. And I know that Brian Gutekind said that, you know, he's not picking up the phone or you know, he's not going to listen to offers for Jordan Love. Again, this is all about 2022. Like, it just is at this point. So let's say the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Steelers come calling. They don't have a quarterback. They don't like the quarterbacks in this draft, and they know they got to start developing one. And they think that Jordan Love is is better than anyone that they could find in, in, you know, in this year's draft. And they, they have some faith that they could really develop and work with Jordan Love. Okay. You know, there's also been reports out there that maybe Green Bay is only getting a day three pick in exchange for Love. Who knows, right? But Steelers have a couple interesting players that have really small contracts still. They have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson at wide receiver. I'm sure Green Bay would love to add either of those players. Now, I don't think Jordan Love straight up is getting either of those players done, but maybe Green Bay can trade Jordan Love and a you know draft pick or two and pick up probably more of like a Chase Claypool, right? Who would fit perfectly in Green Bay's offense. Big physical receiving weapon who can block on the outside. Like where can Green Bay sign up? If you can somehow work a deal of Jordan Love going to the Steelers for Chase Claypool going to Green Bay, again, even if you have to include some picks to make that work, Like that is something that I think you have to listen to if you're Green Bay. Maybe it's another team, right? Maybe it's the Falcons. Maybe it's the, who knows, right? But some team could come calling and with interest in Jordan Love. And if that's the case, and you have the opportunity to pick up a player who could help you this season, again, I think you have to consider that. Jordan Love is not helping you in 2022. And if Aaron Rodgers goes down and like Jordan Love has to play, again, you're not winning a Super Bowl this year anyway. So Again, 
whether that's best for the long term of the franchise is debatable, and whether they still have faith in him is questionable. But again, you're at the point where you got to consider this season and what you can do to make it better. Again, I think Jordan Love is in that conversation. Next up is something that they haven't done in the past, and they didn't do in like an all-in scenario last year, and that's trading future first-round picks. Again, you're going to be bad for a handful of seasons, probably. Whether you have like next year's first round picks, because you're going to have a good team this year, right? I don't want to trade 2024, 2025, 20, like those first round picks because they might be really high, but you know, you're going to finish as a playoff team this upcoming season. So if I trade a first round pick next year to help me this year, like I'm totally open to that. And again, I don't care about trading pick 32 and those sort of things. Again, you're going to be bad in, in those future years anyway, in all likelihood. So let's trade those now and see if you can't help your roster this year. And that could be done in a couple different ways. Maybe one, it's to help you trade up in this year's draft and get higher and get a more quality player that can help you right now. Or maybe you start looking at guys across the league who are on small contracts still that could really help you. I just talked about Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool, $1.2 million deal right now. Deontay Johnson, $2.79 million deal. Steelers are notorious for finding receivers everywhere, right? They might say, listen, we are happy to trade or like Chase Claypool for a first round pick because we know we need to accumulate draft picks to be able to move up to maybe get a quarterback, whether it's this year or next year. We're happy to trade him for a first round pick. We know that we can draft a guy in the second or third round and he's going to end up good because we draft like great receivers every single season. We're not concerned about that. We'll take a first round pick for Chase Claypool. So maybe Green Bay trades, you know, uh, you know, next year's first for Chase Claypool. Like that could be an option. Chase Claypool, 1.2 million. Deontay Johnson, 2.79 million. How about Dexter Lawrence from the Giants? 2.3 million. How about putting him next to Kenny Clark on the interior of the defensive line? Good luck running against that. And now you can get your pass rushers in and those corners in on later downs. Sign me up. How about Jonathan Allen from Washington? That's another team who would probably like to accumulate some first round picks to maybe make a move for a quarterback. He's only set to make $2 million this year if you acquire him in a trade. Would be a massive move for a super talented player to help your defense even more. Imagine Kenny Clark and Jonathan Allen rushing from the interior with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith on the outside. Sign me the heck up. How about this? This player's a little bit more, but how about Darren Waller? $7 million for just this season. That's a little bit of a tougher pill to swallow, but let's say you move on from a you know De, uh, Devontae Adams and you have a little bit more money to spend. Okay, trading a draft, a future draft pick for a Darren Waller. I don't like he's 30, right? The Raiders window isn't exactly open wide right now. So if you could get him at 7 million for one season, I'd very much be interested in that. So I I just think there's ways that Green Bay can find some players, especially Claypool, Johnson, Lawrence, Allen, where yeah, maybe you're gonna have to trade a first and a second next year for some of these guys. Who cares? Who cares? Go all in this year, really do it and get some like massively talented players on your roster now. They're going to help you win it in 2022. Green Bay's not like is arguably already going to be one of the best teams, if not the best team in football talent wise. Imagine now that they really like go super aggressive and add a Jonathan Allen or a Chase Claypool to the team that they already have. Again, sign me the heck up. And I'm not worried about not having first or second round picks in 2023. I'm just not. You're going to be a good team. Next is trade up in this year's draft. And I just kind of mentioned this a second ago, but 
and I'm not even necessarily just talking in the first round, uh, because again, I think there's an argument to be made actually that maybe even trading down in the first round and accumulating second round picks, depending on what's available there, which are a little bit cheaper and gaining more depth uh, could be available. But I would really focus on top 100 talent. Move up your picks from the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds as high as you can get uh, to get top 100 picks. Again, maybe trade some picks from next year to get those picks up. And I would much rather be aggressive and find guys that you think can help you this season um, than have a bunch of late round picks that are you know aren't going to help you this year. So that's another way that I think Green Bay can be aggressive in trying to find talent. Next is either sign or trade for a special team star. Green Bay needs an influx of talent on special teams, and they need to go out and be aggressive in doing so, whether that's via free agency, whether that's via trade. They need a, they need a, like a pro, like a pro's pro to lead that unit. Like not just a tie summer, like somebody who lives and breathes special teams and someone who can come in and instantly make an impact on all four, like all phases, right? Maybe a Marcus Kemp from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who is a restricted free agent. Maybe a Cody Davis from the Patriots, who's one of the best special teams players in the league. He's about, he's set to make 1.8 million this year. And, you know, you call up New England and offer a good draft pick for him. I'm sure New England would probably be like, yeah, we can create another special teams player. They've done that for years. Okay. Maybe Chris Board, who's an unrestricted free agent for the Ravens. That could be a guy that you go sign. One of the best linebacker special teams players in the league. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, go out. I'm not just saying like kicker, punter, long snapper here. I'm saying go out and find guys who can make an impact on all of your special teams unit. Add them to your team and let them shine because you can't just go out and find random guys and hope that they fit the bill. You actually are going to have to pay for a player, whether that's draft compensation or free agency money. It's not like they're going to break the bank, right? These are special teams guys, but you, you need some of the best. Heck, go out and get two of them. Seriously, you can't be the worst at it anymore. And if you don't address it and find players, you're going to continue to be bad. And that's a unit that Green Bay needs to be much better. Number seven and eight here are sort of interchangeable, but supercharge either your offense. Uh, like I'll start with numbers. Like supercharge your offense is, is probably where I'm leaning here. Green Bay hasn't had like this just souped up offense, you know, in a, in a long time, right? They've had some good, like obviously some really good receivers. Devontae's amazing. They've had good running backs, but they haven't had like, just like weapons everywhere, right? You know, I, I go back to 2021, right? Or 2020, you know, I think the Tunyon, Jones, Adams, I think that group was like really good, but we haven't seen that, you know, like the, where you're having Jennings and Driver and Nelson and like all these guys at the same time. Is there a way that you can put Adams and go out and get you know another couple wide receivers or tight ends that just supercharge this offense and let Aaron Rodgers like just go nuts. Like we're gonna put up 40 against everyone. Good luck stopping us. Like that's the mentality if you're Green Bay. It, you know, like I'm not against that at all. Like I, I I know that this defense is good, but if you can like just supercharge your offense, give Rodgers a ton of weapons, and say you know what we're gonna we're just gonna beat people down offensively. And now all of a sudden on defense, we'll let Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark and maybe Jair Alexander, Razul Douglas, and um, you know Eric Stokes do the work from a pass defense standpoint. I think that's an opportunity to, that works. And again, if you're going all in, there's a lot worse ways that you could do so than by, you know what? Alan Lazard's nice. MVS is nice. And I know like this is what people have been saying forever, right? Like go get Devontae Adams, a number two wide receiver that's really talented. But I go back to that Rams game against the 49ers after the 49ers really took out Devontae Adams. Cooper Cup was still successful because OBJ was on the other side. 
Like you just need to find one more really legit weapon across from Adams that Rodgers feels super comfortable in uh, and with and is going to look his way as well. And if you get that, then look the heck out. I, I think that's that's a, a really good opportunity for Green Bay. Number eight is the opposite, right? Maybe you can't do that. Maybe you just can't find the, the right weapons. Well, then supercharge the defense. And what I mean by that is like, get Razul Douglas and Devondre Campbell back, make sure Preston Smith's coming back and maybe spend that first round pick on another edge rusher or a defensive lineman. Like don't like this defense is close to you know having the potential to be great, great, like really great. Rashawn Gary's coming into his own. Clark's a super, like maybe not a superstar, but Clark's a star. Like Preston was playing really, really well. Devondre Campbell's a first team all pro. You're going to have Jair and Stokes and maybe Douglas at corner. Like Amos at safety. Like you have the potential to be really good. You add one or two more guys and make sure that you get, you, you know, Douglas and Campbell and Lowry and those guys back. Preston, Amos. I think you have a really good chance to maybe be a top five defense. And again, if you can't build that offense, then go in that direction. And maybe that is with or without Devontae Adams, tough to say, but I would really look to to figure out a way that, again, you can really make those units supercharged. And again, this this is all in. This is, this is for all the marbles in 2022. So do whatever you need to do to make those units as great as possible. Again, it's probably one or the other. You probably can't do both, but I, I think you have the opportunity to either be this, like the number one offense, putting up 30 plus points a game. Um, if you just add a couple key pieces or on the flip side, maybe be a top five defense if you'd keep everything together and just add a piece here or there. So I don't think they're that far off. And I think Green Bay has the ability to do those things. Last couple really quick. Number nine, get really creative in finding players. Like an age doesn't matter. Find veterans, again, one-year deals. And, and sort of in conjunction with that, my last one is, is let Aaron Rodgers recruit. Aaron Rodgers talked about him being like, Green Bay is not a vacation destination, but people want to come play with him. Let him recruit and say, hey, we don't have money, but you come and we're going to we're gonna go win the Super Bowl this year. And if that's true, if people want to play with Roger, like maybe you can find a Geno Atkins who sat out last year. Like just be creative. Leave no stone unturned. Do whatever you need to do to put the best roster out on the field. Let Aaron Rodgers go recruit if he can and find some cheaper, like some players who are really good that may come back on cheaper deals. Maybe that's Mercedes Lewis. Maybe that's Randall Cobb. Who knows? But let him do some of the recruiting and the heavy lifting and seeing if he can't get maybe a guy or two to join this team on a cheaper deal for an opportunity to go win a Super Bowl. All right, those are my ideas for trying to supercharge an all-in season and really go all, all, all in on 2022. There's some challenges ahead to making this work, but there are levers that Green Bay can pull financially to pull off some things. And I would not be hesitant to trade future draft picks, specifically next year, 2023 draft, to make this current team the absolute best that it can possibly be. That does it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. But until next time, and as always, go Paco. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com